0: Welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show, and it's great to have you back with us again. It feels like months that we've been doing it this way, um, working from home. Guess what? It has been months, and it keeps on going. I hope you're keeping safe and well wherever you are. I know it's a very different story all around the world at this time. uh, But obviously, really, the most important thing is that we're keeping an eye on what's going on, and we're staying safe. And we're staying connected to what we do for a living, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, We want to talk about uh, life at Meraki and some of the impacts that we've seen in our IT organization as a result of what has happened here. So that's the conversation we're going to get into with our IT director, Ryan, very shortly. Before we get to that, I just want to quickly remind you, I love the idea of having as much relevant content for you as possible And so I've already had some great feedback from some listeners through the community and also through Twitter. And that's a great way to reach me. So if you would like to either be on the show or suggest an idea for the show, a topic you'd like us to talk about, please do reach out to me. You can reach me very easily through Twitter, at Meraki Simon, one word, at Meraki Simon. That will find me. And um, let's talk. Be very happy to do so. Okay, so let's get into the show. Uh, Today, I want to introduce back to the show, actually. We had Ryan on back in, oh goodness, it must be about six months ago now, uh, talking about life at Meraki as an IT director and Ryan's story. You can find that episode if you dig back through the archive. Uh, But today, we're obviously going to focus on a slightly different topic really related to uh, the impact of what we've seen happen in our working lives uh, over the past few months. So Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming back again.
1: Hey, thanks for uh, having me back. It's good to uh, it's good to good to be here. Definitely very different than uh, being in the office chatting with you, but it's good to be here anyway.
0: Yeah, so different. Last time we we were surrounded by this optimal recording situation with this you know nice plush foam on the walls absorbing all the echoes. Now you've got the reality, which is you know Ryan and I both speaking on uh, from our from our homes and with the best possible sound arrangements we can come up with. I've got like cushions around me here to try and reduce the echo. I still don't think it's worked one hundred percent. What have you got on, Ryan? What are you using?
1: Um, well, I um, I'm hoping my dog doesn't start barking. Uh, he he loves barking at his own shadow whenever people walk down the street. But um, uh, yeah, I've got like a little corner of the house, and I've got. Uh, Uh, stuff on the walls and a couple of like pillows and stuff like that around too. And uh, wearing headphones as opposed to using the the open microphone on the computer, just trying to make the most of it.
0: And actually that leads us into a nice nice part of our conversation we all return to, I'm sure. But we definitely wanted to talk about, you know, some of the ways you can improve your experience uh, when you're working on all of these calls that we all have to do all day, every day. Um, I also I was happy to hear that you have a dog that uh, may may come in. We've actually already had a guest uh, a guest um, visit from a dog <laughs> as part of this um, phase of working from home that we've had, so uh, no problems there. Always welcome. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get into the into the meat of it, Ryan. I really wanted to um, just talk to you about. Uh, the huge impact that I'm sure your team has experienced as a result of this change—such a huge change for Meraki as a business, as it is for all the folks listening, I'm sure—but um, I really wanted to just dig in and and hear your thoughts around uh, around what you've noticed that's changed uh, since this all happened. I think for us it was beginning of March, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was around the beginning of March that uh, we. We got the the note to stay home. Um, yeah, so for those of you who are unaware, uh, uh, Maragi does something um, a little bit different when it comes to our IT and facilities teams. We have them uh, we have them mixed together as under a shared function called Digital Workplace, and Digital Workplace is a combination of our facilities team, our IT team, that um, comes together to become like this Voltron superhero, whatever, you know, a bunch of different parts coming together to make this one bigger machine, um, that really looks after the, uh, operations and flow of the work in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so with that, um, you know, some, uh, but not all the roles on our team are, are cross-functional. Like we have an operations group that helps with procurement on both sides of the aisle. Um, but, but yeah, so I lead the IT, uh, side of it. And I co-lead that with, uh, the digital workplace department with, uh, uh, my my partner in in digital workplace crime, I guess Levi. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely um, a big shift for for us at Meraki is uh, we had a very large uh, in office culture, right? We yeah. you know had catered lunch, we had an environment that the facilities team had had built up to be really just conducive to to good work and collaboration and fostering um, teams working together. So that big shift for that was a big shift for a lot of people, right? A lot of a lot of teams had to figure out, a lot of people had to figure out, like, how do we work together in this new environment? Um, you know, how do we communicate the way we used to? How do we use our AV and technology um, that we have available to us yeah. um, to, you know, to do our jobs? Uh, and so, the, um, you know, initially there was a big surge of requests, people being like, oh my gosh, like, what's going on? Since settled down into the new normal. Uh, but the big things we saw were questions on uh, people's workspaces. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. A lot of people asking questions about, you know, hey, how's my monitor? You know, can I get a mouse and a keyboard? Um, you know, how do I set this up in the office? How do I do things with, you know, people submitting uh, uh, tickets and support requests for audio quality issues and, mm. you know, our our wonderful global support desk team and facilities team, uh, both kind of giving advice and guidance on, you know, things like pillows or wearing headphones or, you know, stuff like that as people figured out where they wanted to work in their homes. Um, You know, and and a lot of the technical issues we saw were around like VPN lockouts. Um, Before this happened, um, our VPN was secondary to our office networks, like right? Our our primary function or primary like method of accessing internal resources was on our corporate network.
0: Right. And everybody, so why, everybody was in the office.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So someone would use a VPN, you know, if they were, you know, on vacation or visiting their family or if they were a field employee, but the majority of our employees weren't using it on a regular basis. So that was a, a you know, there are, there are a few of that initially, but we've, we've since cycled through that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's some interesting stuff there, and I, 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 you're so right what you said about the office culture, and I'm sure that there are others who have um, have similar experiences as well. If you are used to that, it's quite a shock to the system, and I think a lot of us, whilst we may may have been used to having a laptop at home to 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 handle an occasional meeting at a strange hour, um, doing it full time is a very different different proposition. You have got all kinds of considerations, both related to the technology itself, but also, like you said, the physical environment. Um, but the VPN one's very interesting. I mean, that's that's huge. We should definitely, I think, dig into that in a little bit more detail. We'll come back to that one. Um, but I think there were more there were more issues that uh, more more categories of issues as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so something that was was challenging for us too is you know part of part of what the the facilities team is is doing and part of like what digital workplace is doing is also like. Using this digital workplace to drive more than just like productivity, but also like employee engagement and how we connect with each other, and the relationships that we build. Right, that's part of like the office culture. Mm-hmm. That's part of those things. So, using you know technology, having this like, you know, uh, um, using like WebEx Teams and um, using uh, the equipment that we have available to us. You know, bringing up you know social events and having us try to connect with each other in those other ways too. Um, you know, we we had to really look at what like our home office gear and our home office setup was going to be like, um, and try to you know build that approval process on the fly. You know, partner with um, you know the folks over at Cisco mm-hmm. um, that that are doing this for their their user population, and figuring out you know ways to do this for both of our you know both of our unique use cases. Yep. And, um, you know, really just like figuring this all out on the fly with the recommended desk setups. And, you know, thankfully, uh, a lot of folks, you know, are using Meraki at Meraki. So we have that stable backbone backbone of network performance and, you know, the ability to dive into dashboards and, and help people troubleshoot that way through our support desk that really, um, uh, I think, made a big difference. We didn't really skip a beat going home, which is not what I expected at the beginning of this. you know, I thought there was going to be more trouble than what we saw, which is um, a great great way to be surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I'm very impressed with, I think, is the the way that Webex has held it held together, frankly, <laughs> considering the kind of lift we we we're putting on it. i'm i'm the, the stats are escaping me right now. I should totally dig those out. do you have them do you have them off the top of your head by any chance? I remember there were oh. some crazy numbers around, uh, the number of Webex minutes that were happening, uh, because yeah. people are just moving their meetings to online. And, and so your whole day, you could be staring at the screen on, on the Webex tool.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's wild. Like we, um, my understanding is, is it's at, at least on the low end in the hundreds of millions of minutes. Um, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to guesstimate and throw out the B word, but I know that it's it's definitely, you know, a shockingly high number of minutes, but our team's yeah. been using it a lot, not just for um, you know, basic like team meetings, like team stand ups and things like that, which we now have multiples of during the day, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also using it for, you know, social activities and staying connected. Like we do like a lunchtime social on the team. And, you know, um I definitely feel like that one of the the byproducts of COVID is and you know this work from home environment that we're in is that i'm I'm connecting more and on a deeper, more personal level with folks on our team uh, talking about our experiences mm. um, across all of our offices and around the world. Kind of like the, the the limitations of physical space are are gone to us. So I you know talk more with our folks in London and I feel like I've got like deeper, closer relationships with uh, you know our folks in uh, the uh, uh, APAC region. and you know it's it's great. Yeah, and
0: it's, th- <laughs> it's been one of the awesome things. Actually, I, I love the way the companies responded to to this uh, situation. I, I remember one one session where I, which I actually had time to attend, uh, where we had our uh, we had a barista uh, come on and show us how to make a proper cup of pour over coffee. It was very very impressive. I mean, I don't have all the tools to do that at home, but it was a good fun break, a way to break up the day, this monotony of, of continual business meetings. Like you said, it's all about keeping it human, essentially.
1: Yeah exactly. And like that, that the barista is, like, is is a feature of our physical office in San Francisco. And just because we've shifted where the digital workplace is, right that it's gone like all virtual, um, you know we're still able to use our tools, systems and services to, to deliver that type of um, experience and you know allow people to feel connected to each other yeah. um, when we can't physically be in the
0: same room, right. And so what else was there? I remember um, before we started recording, we we were talking a little bit about uh, email and the change that we made there. Um, How have you found that uh, has been impacted?
1: Yeah, so um, we, earlier this year, made a transition from um, uh, G Suite to Office 365. Um, We were uh, were using... um, um, Yeah, so we... They transitioned from Office 365 to G Suite. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that transition happened right around the same time as COVID hit. Uh, so we we had only been on the new systems for like 60 days uh, at most. Um, so our previous system was uh, borderless and the new system uh, does require us to be on VPN and be connected. So that added to like some of the support requests um, coming mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. is because people you know in the office had an experience where it's like, hey, I just boot up my laptop, join the corporate network and my email's right there. Um, whereas for um, folks at home, there's the extra step of, of getting on VPN in order to access those, those like Cisco corporate resources. Right.
0: Okay. And and any other, any other issues that you noticed around the technology?
1: Not necessarily around the technology piece. I mean, we, I, you know, our story I think is one that um, I wish more, uh, of my, of, of my peers out there in the IT world could have, which is one of saying it's been relatively painless. Like our big, mm. our big challenges have been, um, aside from that initial rush of like, things are different. How do we do this have been, um, you know, around how do we keep our teams connected together and working together, uh, when we're not physically in the same space, but technology wise, infrastructure wise, um, we were in a really good, um, position and it, it you know, we we handled it better than expected.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, as a as a user of those services, I can say that that really I noticed real no no real change at all when it comes to the technology. Uh, we I remember there was a, a couple of uh, early sort of WebEx calls where either it was you know technically. Uh, you know a little bit bumpy or it was maybe people were just still getting used to spending their whole life on this tool but all those things settle <laughs> down very quickly and you know really now it's it's a second nature it just seems to work extremely well um what I really wanted to do was just dive in a bit more detail on the Uh, I guess the IT, the hardcore stuff a little bit. So the, 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 the network and, and some of the security issues, obviously VPN, absolutely huge. And, and we've heard that uh, from multiple sources. I think you have as well, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I am a member of a few different uh, like IT administrator um, uh, Slack teams um, out there that um, when the, covid uh transition hit right everybody's working from home um like the most common things i was seeing through there or coming through was was people being like oh my gosh how do we run our business Mm. like what what is going to happen now that we can't access our corporate systems like we have you know these file servers in our office you know we have like these you know for lack of a better term kind of like legacy you know infrastructure that we hadn't gotten around to to upgrading or changing around that people still need to have access to uh, and getting online you know and a, a lot of a lot of people out there had some very painful experiences with both you know spinning up um you know VPN infrastructure that could go from being like a secondary method of access into a primary form of access mm-hmm. uh, and then really seeing um folks struggle with you know um, bandwidth constraints and securing these environments like not, not kind of like opening things up to, uh, um, you know, to being at risk by like opening up new vulnerabilities by deploying um, hardware haphazardly, or, you know, even seeing some folks running into like, oh my gosh, everyone's bought all this gear and I can't, I can't get it. I can't do it. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and how, how do I manage, you know, my, some folks, you know, with high touch user bases, you know, how do we manage and provide like essentially like a managed service, of like, uh, of infrastructure for people at their homes. Yep. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I was very, I mean, for, for those of you that, uh, listened to last time I was on, like heard me talk about like why I came to work at Meraki and kind of like the, the value that it's brought to, to me in my career. I'm very fortunate that, you know, we had the VPN capabilities of you know, the Meraki MX that we could, we could lean on through this because we really, we pretty quickly, when it became clear that, you know, the writing was on the wall, that, you know, seeing stuff happening in other countries and seeing, you know, um, how things were happening in, in, um, uh, uh, in uh, Italy mm-hmm. and seeing things in China and stuff like that, but like we were, you know, we, we were going to need to start working from home um and start socially distancing um we we were able to immediately kind of spin up our vpn infrastructure and and kind of take it from this secondary infrastructure and build it out uh as if it was you know primary infrastructure where our work was going to be happening uh for the foreseeable future Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it's it's very interesting around um this whole topic of vpns because i i mean i i've been working in this field for such a long time now and you know i remember this promise of um, SSL, uh, connections and, you know, being able to use your browser to access everything securely. And, uh, but VPNs are still very much, uh, front and center for a very large number of organizations, including our own. Um, and, and why do you think that is? I mean, I think I know the answer to that question, but I'm just curious to hear your, your thoughts around, uh, around the sort of continuing prevalence of VPN.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. So, um, there is um, di- different companies are at varying stages of like their their borderless journey, mm. right? And like what technology in the future is going to look like a few years from now is different what it looks like you know from a few years before. If we think, if we you know put on our you know memory caps or whatever it is when you look at the past and you know we look back at like where things have been, you know there there is a there's a shift to. Uh, from moving your your infrastructure being on site, being on prem, to moving to um, colos or data centers or mm-hmm. you know the cloud, which is just someone else's computer, uh, but moving a lot of that infrastructure into the co- into cloud services or SaaS services or things like that um, is a is a journey that a lot of organizations are on, but it is a it is a, a significant change in an organization of like a certain age right so yes. there's a lot of startups and a lot of companies nowadays that were kind of born into this reality of like the borderless world is just kind of like where you came up and then there's other companies that have uh, you know infrastructure systems you know access uh permissions and things like that that mm-hmm. that uh, you know have uh, a little more i think technical debt or like a little more like historical stuff to to work through before they can fully be like, nope, VPN's not needed. Nope, we need just like, you know, perimeters. What is, you know, like who needs perimeter security? Like we'll, you know, secure at the, um, you know, at the login or something like that. Uh, and we're, you know, we're an organization that, uh, you know, we have a lot of systems and tools and services that have yeah. like multiple layers of authentication. And, you know, we take our commitment to security for our customers very, very seriously. And um, you know, so we use VPN, you know, in in many different ways. In some ways, as like an additional layer of security yeah. onto uh, into our infrastructure.
0: But like we said, we we are we, we, well, we rapidly changed from it being something that that uh, you know a few employees were using full time, but most of the time it was a part time thing. So we needed to really bolster what we had in place. Uh, with our own solution so tell us a little bit about how you went about doing that what we how we how we changed it
1: yeah so on average um, we were looking at about um like on a busy day we were looking at like like 50 to 100 users a day um on our vpn like not not a whole lot of traffic Mm. uh you know and the meraki user base is measured in the thousands um so we were like oh my gosh like how, you know, the MX can handle this, but how are we going to, you know, deliver performance um, in a way that is, you know, consistent across geographic location? And then how are we going to introduce redundancy, which is something that, you know, before we could fail over to, you know, a different site that, you know, it doesn't really matter, like the lag, you know, it's kind of like not as big of a deal when you're impacting mm-hmm. 50 people. But when you're impacting, you know, you know 2,000, 2,500 it's a very big deal and then also looking at like our um you know like our, our load balancing requirements for for a lot of this traffic and how it's going to come through so what we were able to do pretty quickly is um we were able to um, add additional mx's into our infrastructure um, spinning up new um you know brand new out of the box mx's uh, upgrading some of our existing hardware in, in our, our satellite offices to allow for more concurrent connections and to balance across that. And then, um, you know, introducing into some of our, some, you know, data centers in uh, those locations um, additional MXs there for, for load balancing. So, altogether, you know, we, we spun up, um, you know, about five new MXs all within a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. to, uh, to, yeah, all, all within a week in four different con- or three different countries. Um, to, to you know protect against this anticipated load and then you know wrote some um, uh, some scripting and some some you know custom applications that allow us to to automatically load balance and report performance and stuff like that into um, into some dashboards that uh, allow our teams to stay on top of that so this all this all happened it came together really quickly you know things like uh, auto VPN, uh, and that technology allowed us to make this really easy. Uh, and some of our sites, you know, we didn't have to dispatch engineers. People didn't have to fly. We were able to literally just, you know, take it out of the box, rack it, bring it online. And then um, through the work of our uh, IT engineering group, uh, balanced load across different sites. So mm-hmm. we've, you know, that's, that work went into delivering, you know, what you, you described Simon as kind of like, you know, a, a painless, really no difference experience, Um, because, you know, like I said, like we use, we use the VPN pretty heavily. We rely on our corporate network pretty heavily and, uh, it's just, it's just worked out really, really great for us. The MX has shown up for us in a really great way.
0: That's so great to hear. And and I, I do also want to remind myself as well as everybody listening that, uh, it's, it's so easy to take for granted, uh, when you've been working with Meraki technology for a long time, the kind of speed that you can spin, spin this stuff up i mean you you describing implementing what did you say five new mx's in a week um yeah that's not trivial uh with a lot of technology out there and um and so like you said things like auto vpn um i've been using that for my goodness uh, eight years i think at this point and uh and and still to this day i think it's one of the coolest features we've got at meraki that's just it reduces so many so many painful steps that I know a lot of folks who've worked with wide area networking have had to deal with in the past.
1: Yeah. It also, um, it's, you know, it was also I think pretty amazing that we did, we were able to do that without any physical dispatches aside from like to the data centers. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we, you know, for like many folks out there, you know, we have an IT team that, you know, is, is not the, not the largest in the world. So, you know, this isn't, you know, a high effort by a lot of people. This was, two people, three people um, were, were able to do this. Amazing. Um, and, uh, of those three people, um, only one, or of those three people, um, one and a half of them are, are formally on our engineering group. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking, uh, folks that are, uh, you know, doing help desk and doing support tickets and stuff like that at the same time. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what, what we've been able to do with the, with the MX.
0: Yeah. And so what, what's the track record look like for, um, for performance, uh, with, with VPN, uh, that you've experienced in these past few months given the the sort of load that it's handling
1: oh man so we it's it's been great uh, we we haven't had any performance issues uh aside from um you know the vpn lockouts of people that uh, aren't aren't using uh their vpn accounts very often and then um we did have a failover event uh, when we upgraded the circuit in our san francisco office um uh, but that happened seamlessly i would doubt if anyone noticed i don't think we had any any dropped uh, performance issues there that's
0: awesome yeah i mean uh, those are <laughs> those things happen right there's for all <laughs> of the best laid plans this is always something catches you out in the world of technology no question mm-hmm. it's a bit like printers when you need to print something out and it, the printer somehow knows the exact moment that you actually need it and uh, and and throws a, a hissy fit over something or other like a piece of paper not not uh, jamming in the machine or something
1: yeah pc load
0: letter technology love it um okay well that's that's very interesting the the the, so the vpn is obviously absolutely front and center and we can't do very much without having that technology supporting us so that's good to hear Mm -hmm. um there's another very important aspect of uh, your work in it of course and that's how on earth we handle the new people who are coming into the business um getting them set up so tell me a little bit about uh about how that's worked out for you
1: yeah um Although Meraki's business changed, right? How we were working, how we were interacting with the digital workplace changed, the business hasn't stopped. Um, you know, so we, we've had to adapt on the fly to this this new environment that, you know, includes people coming on board, people, you know, transitioning roles, like changing roles and stuff like that in the team. And, you know, we um since uh we have gone home for coronavirus, um, we have had um We've welcomed a uh, intern class, and we've onboarded over 400 new employees. Wow. Um, which, yeah, uh, you know, massive shout out to our IT operations, our global service desk, and our um, recruiting and onboarding teams because they have been really pushing at full tilt to, um, you know, to navigate this change and you know deliver some of the highest marks i've seen come through in terms of like employee satisfaction some of these onboarding classes that we've had it's been mm-hmm. it's been pretty incredible um but yeah so our our team's rebuilt on, our onboarding program on the fly um so we've onboarded uh, folks in the us uk and canada uh you know apjc so like australia uh you know china japan uh, like all all over um including interns that, uh, you know, were due to come into, you know, the U S to, to work out of our office. And now, you know, we have pe- interns starting in France and things like that and mm-hmm. trying to get that stuff going. So, um, all of that, um, you know, was distributing hardware that was onboarding accounts that was doing, um, onboarding classes and trainings that was, you know, helping people get their accounts set up and troubleshooting yep. and like, it's just been been really great. So our help desk is really, uh, and rec- um, recruiting and onboarding teams is really knocked out of the park in terms of like shipping equipment to people's houses. Uh, you know, we've called in help from our facilities, uh, our partners over in facilities, you know, and then also getting like home office setups for, for a lot of these these new hires. So it's it's been, it has been a challenge that I, I never expected. And I am just, I'm gonna say it like a fifth time, I'm so incredibly proud of the of the work of our global service test team, bringing all these people on board, because you know it's just a testament to their hard work how how many messages I get from people just being like, "Oh my gosh, I never would have known that your company did not have you know a distributed remote-first culture uh, before yeah. this all all happened."
0: Yeah, and it's been it's been great to see the 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 new recruits who've joined, um, certainly in the teams that I work most closely with um you know it can't be an easy time to be starting a new company <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. you, you your day one is spent is spent at home trying to figure out you get all your technology on your own you're not surrounded by uh, new colleagues and and all of that opportunity so you know tough time for um, for folks who are, who are getting started in the business so it's great that we've been able to keep the bar low for them on the technology side at least
1: yeah and, and it's really great that um a relationship that we've built with the business is like an it team like looking at you know having having a warm relationship that we can look at you know kind of like the one-off requests and try to figure them out because you know speaking of, of your team uh i know that uh, um, there's been a few designers and like video engineers and things like that that mm-hmm. have come on board that have specialized equipment requests right that are non-standard from what we usually have so you know, things, you know, going through the approval chain, uh, you know, people's managers and stuff like that, working with, you know, myself and then Irene and our procurement team and our our uh, global service test team to, to mail that out with Andres and Julio and things like that to get that stuff set up and to see um, folks, you know, to not to like this. For me, the sign of doing a good job is people kind of like forget that you're there or forget that it, it could be difficult, could mm-hmm. be a lot worse. Uh, it's like, it's like both like the blessing and the curse of an IT person. Like when you're doing a good job, no one notices you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's been, it's been really, yeah, it's been really great to see, um, see us handle both like the general, um, people and the exceptions and stuff like that during this time. It's
0: Yeah. It's an impressive. Yeah. And you should be proud. I mean, I, I think, I think the whole, um, the whole organization, the whole op- operation of onboarding new folks has been going super smoothly. Um, and, and it's probably a good opportunity for me to remind anybody listening that Meraki is actually hiring at the moment. And um, so mm-hmm. if you want to experience this wonderful onboarding uh, experience for yourself, then uh, you know what to do. Just go to meraki.com. You'll find some jobs on there.
1: Yeah, and we'll be uh, hiring in our engineering team, too, so you can work on some of these projects as well.
0: There you go. I, I hadn't planned to uh, to do plugs in the, uh, in the podcast, <laughs> but why not? Why not? <laughs> All right so let's 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 turn our view to the future um, obviously things are things are changing and you know we we're all in a state of you know trying to figure out what happens next uh, we keep hearing about the new normal but the truth is that things are far from normal and it could be a while before they get anything like normal again i mean what what how do you look at it from your perspective what are you seeing as uh, as potential changes for for it yeah i i
1: think I think the reality is, and what our future is going to look like is that what what was once normal, uh, what we defined as normal, it may not be something that we see again for a long time, especially in work culture. Right. You know, having an organization that is so focused that it or having a business that The function requires everyone to be in the same space. Now, some roles will need to be physically located with each other, but not every role does. Mm -hmm. And being able to, um, you know, really prepare for that and allow people to work um, across geographic boundaries, not have that be like a, a limiting factor. I think is the future of, of what work means. Cause even when, you know, we, we get to the other side of this and we're able to, you know, you know, uh, go to concerts again and, you know, give, uh, uh, you know, family members hugs without, uh, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> being in a plastic bunny suit or whatever um you know what's what is going to happen is that a lot of people and a lot of organizations have been working remote for a long time and it be, has become part of the natural operating rhythm so mm. i don't think we'll ever see um, a level of density in employee population as we did in the past so being able to really um embrace having a either uh, you know primarily distributed or partially distributed business model i think is the future of it right so that's embracing things like um you know borderless services being able to not necessarily do BYOD in the sense of like oh, here's an old laptop. Let me just use that to log into, you know, my company systems, but be able to, you know, drop ship hardware and have that be, you know, deployed without having to go on site, be able to, you know, admin and support technology remotely and giving people flexibility and choice in what they're doing, you know, to match the, you know, freedom and choice of their working environments, mm-hmm. being able to kind of, you know, give people um, operating guides on like, here are best practices uh, for you to be productive or access these systems in our um uh, uh, in our environment, being able to have, you know, centralized identity and single sign-on that, you know, is, you know, VPN is a, a part of that story, but it's not the entire story, right? Being able to log into your SaaS services, log into your systems, you know, log into the applications that you're using to do your work, right? Your quote unquote digital workplace, um, you know, and having that be something that, um, you know, is accessible regardless of your geographic location and of where you are, you know, and really just like evolving beyond, um, you know, the, the idea that work has to happen when you're physically in the same space. Um, it does, yeah, it, it does, you know, introduce things like challenges that are more than just technology. Um, you know, it's not just about, do I have a fancy laptop and fast internet? Like, Yes, I need to have a laptop that can handle video conferencing and, like, you know, Google Docs or SharePoint or whatever. Um, but you know, it's it becomes how do our teams interact with each other? How do we work together? And how are these these tools and technology that we're using? How does that allow us to, you know, embrace this distributed way of work? How do we still build, you know, personal relationships, hmm. um, you know, with our coworkers through this technology and through these tools? Because you know, things that we took for granted, you know, like that. You know, Simon, like that, you and I could talk motorcycles in the kitchen. Uh, is something that now we have to do uh, deliberately, and we have to like really try to make make happen. So it's really, yeah. you know, about um, you know not just the technology, but considering the people and how they work, and enabling the company to function in this new new environment.
0: Yeah, it's so 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 important to to try and maintain that sort of healthy balance. Um, you've got to be thinking about motorcycles now. Um, but it's like. <laughs> But, but you know that that's exactly the point is is that we all need those mental breaks during the day, like to be just relentlessly plugged into work, work, work from whatever it is nine to five. Um, without without having those mental breaks, it's not it's not really sustainable. I think I think you have to have those. Uh, and and so the fact that you're taking that into consideration when you think about how to service uh, folks' work through IT, you know, it's thinking beyond just the technology to the human aspect and how that, how that, you know, human reality is, uh, is changed as a result of what's happened to us.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool stuff. All right. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Ryan. I really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. I know you're super busy with all of this that's going on right now. Um, so I, I think, as we said, I mean, just to repeat that plug, you know, Ryan's hiring, we're hiring at Meraki. <laughs> so uh, if you like what you've heard, then uh, please go have a look on the website and um, see if you can find something that works for you. I'd like to thank uh, you all for juni- joining us once again on Meraki Unboxed. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, maintaining such a great audience throughout this thing. I can tell you that uh, the numbers that I've seen for you know downloads of the show uh, through all the different podcast tools it's really barely changed at all since we, uh, since we went into lockdown. So it's really great that you've stuck with us and we greatly appreciate that. And that's also why it's really important to me that we keep that going. Uh, and we can best do that if we're getting, uh, making sure that we're taking your feedback into consideration. So you know, if you have any thoughts around what you've heard during this show or if that happens during any Meraki Unbox podcast, please do reach out uh, either through the Meraki community, which is obviously a great place where you can chat with your peers and others who are using Meraki technology. Um, but also, of course, if you'd like to have an impact on the show directly, uh, I would very much welcome that. So once again, do reach out to me on Twitter at Meraki Simon. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, Ryan, for the last time, thanks a lot for joining us again today.
1: Hey, no problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's
0: been awesome. And for all of you, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we welcome you back here in two weeks. Take care and bye-bye for now.